Yo, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode six of the Get The Shot podcast. This podcast is aimed at helping all you young aspiring creatives get your shot at working in the sports industry. My name is Billy Quach, and I'm the creative director at Let It Fly Media. Today, we have a special guest on the show, Andre Robinson, a producer at the LA Clippers. We're going to be talking about his journey to becoming a content creator, how he gets his inspiration, and how he stays authentic to himself, and his top three sleepers in the content game. I'm super excited for this episode, so let's get this thing started. Let's run it! All right, yo, what's going on, everybody? We got Andre Robinson on with us today. Uh, he's a producer from the LA Clippers. What's going on, Andre? How are you doing today? Everything's going well. Um, I've, I've been following your work for a while um, since you were at Ohio State. I really enjoy the work you do. Thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast. Um, let's just start off with your title and what you do for the Clippers kind of on a day-to-day basis, just in case those um, don't know right now. I work for the LA Clippers as a producer, and um, I just make dope shit. Oh, <laughs> am I allowed to curse? <laughs> yeah, you know, go for it. <laughs> make dope stuff. Yeah, I love it. Make dope stuff. I mean, your stuff is dope. I love your videos. Um, unfortunately, you guys fell short in the playoffs, but you know, all the hype videos and all the stuff leading up to it. I really enjoy watching um, the mixtapes y'all do throughout the season. I really like. And the I think the one thing that stands out to me is your content with the athletes off the court, off the field. Um, I think a couple months ago I saw something um, where you guys went fishing and, you know, you got some good reactions from the players. Um, and that just shows a different side than, you know, what everybody sees is on the court. Um Tell me a little bit about, you know, your journey from, you know, even before Ohio State, I don't really know much about prior to Ohio State, but from when you picked up a camera and how you got to where you are now. So I picked up the camera at South Carolina State University, um, where I was sitting at the time. Um, at the time, I was interested in, like, student government stuff. So, like, we would have, like, a bunch of events. And so I would just, like, record the event uh, to get the student body uh, they're more engaged into what we had going on. And then from there, um, I found my way to, to transfer to Clemson where I linked up with their awesome group down there when it first started, uh, with Jonathan Gant, Nick Thompson, Max Huggins, Austin Kuhn. Um, so I, I linked up with there, but I didn't have the resources, uh, you know, to, to you know, at the time, it wasn't a lot of funding for, for cameras, so a lot of people had to use their personal cameras. I didn't own a personal camera. Every time I was at South Carolina renting a camera, it would come, like, me renting it from somebody for $60, and, you know, if I did a gig, it would, I would charge $60, because at the time, like, I didn't really understand the benefits of business and stuff like that. But at uh, Clemson, I linked up with uh, Todd Green, um, it was internal. Uh, Jonathan Gant and Nick Conklin, their group was uh, external, and so internal. I would I would use their cameras and and do certain things, and then also collab with uh, with that group. So um, yeah, just uh, that that opportunity um, exposed me to uh, the ACC network, and then eventually Ohio State. Nice, that's awesome. And then um, w- once you got to Ohio State, is that uh, when you met Zach Schwartz? Yep. So I met, so Zach, Zach, uh, put out an email to Clemson at the time. And then, um, and so I got the email from Jonathan Gant. He was like, yo, I think you would be a great candidate for this. They fit your personality. Um, they fit what you want to do. And so I felt like it was a dope opportunity. And then I, you know how like people usually, you know, go through the whole process with like email and all that stuff like that. Nah, I, I seen his number on the thing, and I just called him. <laughs> <laughs> I just called him, and he was like, who is this? And I was like, yo, I, I came with this attitude. Like, I don't care who you're looking at. Like, I'm that guy. Yeah. I just, I just. I love it. That's how I went. Yeah. Uh, I worked with Zach at Arkansas, um, and then he left for Ohio State. So that's how I know Zach. And I think that's how I found out about you, because I just followed, I followed Zach on Twitter. 
and then he might have retweeted wow. something from you. So that's how um, I got put onto you. Um, what what gave you the confidence to like just you know call Zach say yo I'm 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 your guy like how what kind of what did you learn at Clemson to get kind of give you that that spark? Um, I, I wasn't like at Clemson. It was just, just your upbringing. Like anything that you want, like you gotta want. You gotta have a want to attitude, like a really. And and you may not be the most talented. You may not be the most <clears throat> gifted at something, but you have this have this mentality that nobody's gonna outwork you. And um, and so I just put myself in the position where me calling him was letting him know, like I want this opportunity more so than anybody that you're gonna. Miss. I want this opportunity to. to that um, so from that time being I wanted to prove that I was elite at the social media video aspect of, of, of everything um, so I wanted to prove that to the world I wanted to prove that to myself and um, so yeah I just came in with, with motivation and, and a chance to really uh, make a name for myself so um, I took on that opportunity I took on that challenge and um, I just understood that, you know, I had a job to do at the end of the day, and that's what the end result was going to be, me doing my job. What led you to the Clippers? How did you find out about that opportunity? Uh, so that that came about on Twitter. Um, you know, they were having a uh, they were having whole, uh, I guess, um, change of hands as far as social. And so uh, uh, seeing a tweet from Chris, Excuse me, I seen a tweet from Charlie Widows about uh, he wanted um, to have a storyteller. Um, and so at first, initially, um, my first thought about it was like, all right, I've, I've tasted this college scene. Let me see what uh, basketball, what NBA has to offer. So uh, from there, <clears throat> so from there, um, I, I just reached out. I thought it was originally for the 76ers. Um, and, and I was really just looking for any NBA job. Um, so, uh, just attack it with, with full understanding that this is what I want and, uh, I'm gonna work to go get it. Nice. And what would you say some key differences, if any, or similarities are between working for a professional NBA team versus working for a college football team? I mean, your goals and your, in your, your goals and your, uh, the goals are much different, you know. Um, you're operating a business, you know, and I think for college is much more recruiting. Um, your goals and your audience audience is so different. Um, the the way you the way you move, the way you have to articulate your thoughts, the way you have to go about your whole process is different. You know, it's so easy in college because the athletes are there and they're right in front of you and they don't they're not they don't have like this whole uh, persona about them or this whole celebrity aspect or even like a whole um, million dollars in their bank account to say that they're a business themselves like um, the the athletes on the college campus are are, are more willing um, available and really don't even have like a kind of I want to say a choice but they don't have like a a way to deny certain productions you know what I'm saying, or, or certain ideas that you want to do um, with them. Because they, they're they all kicking and screaming for exposure. They want to get to that next level. They want their name to be uh, plastered amongst all college football rankings and draft rankings and, and all those type of stuff. So um, it's much more easier to work with college students. So it's like easier to go grab a camera and say, hey, I got this idea, let's run with it. When you're dealing with like professionals, like you can't really – I think you can do it, but um, it's a little bit more red tape with it because um, everyone's an adult. Everyone has their business and everyone has like a whole schedule for themselves. Uh, so you can't really just like, hey, let me go grab a camera and go shoot this with this person. Like I said, you can, but you're, you're going to get hit with a lot of more red tape um, because you have to be courteous of people's time. You have to be courteous of, of, of people's agendas and um, it's, it's a little bit more political and also you, you got to be more business savvy with it, uh, too. It's like, you gotta, you gotta get a lot more yeses to go do certain things. So that's probably the biggest difference between, um, professional and, and collegiate. But if you can, 
figure out how to weed through it and then get the job done. I mean, that I, you know, kudos to you. You know, that's what makes you elite. That you can get the job done at the end of the day. I didn't work in the college um, side of things, but I would assume that you know it would be much easier to get them to buy in on what you want to do. I I worked at, for two years at the Chiefs, and I probably experienced some similar things. It was kind of harder to you know get players to. Um, even just like trying to get through PR and like trying to get access to the players, it was a lot tougher on the professional level. So I think that's something a lot of people don't think about when they're trying to decide if they want to work in the college world or in the professional world. It's not exactly the same um, on both sides. Um, a couple of months ago, I think I saw you do like a huge IG live with like a bunch of different individuals in this uh, social media sports world. Um, I watched a little bit of that. I thought that was really cool. Um, it seems like you have a lot of connections and uh, kind of just know a good amount of people throughout the industry. Um, how did you go about building those relationships and how important is it for you know younger creatives to make those connections and network as they're growing themselves? Um, it's not always about what you know, it's about who you know. So it's like uh, the best thing is to be genuine, you know, uh, to be yourself. You know, um, you may, you'll see it all the time. It may be a guy that you may be just sitting next to you and then, you know, on and and maybe sitting next to you during the event and then turns out two years later, he's now the director of so-and-so, you know? So it's like, you never know. Just be genuine, be yourself, and then, you know, just uh, nurture those relationships. Um, you know, a uh, uh, you know, um, Kevin Hart had a good had a good thing. He explained he was like, uh, I think he was talking about Warren Buffett. So I, I'm not sure if he was talking about Warren Buffett, but I think he recalls a situation where he was in a place and he saw somebody that he admired, and instead of you know just going to be like, hey, you know, like, you know, hey man, I'm a big fan or Woody Woop or, or something like that, he just said like, like he was just going to introduce himself to the person letting them go like hey man like inspire me you, you mean something to me you may I may not have anything to offer you now but I'm working to be able to work with you someday and hopefully we can have one day where we go to lunch or have one day where I can see you down in the future but I just wanted to come over here shake your hand and, and tell you I appreciate you and so going back to that story I think about like all the times where you see people and you're like, oh, I don't want to go bother them or, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to go do this or do that. But it's like, you have to have confidence that, that you're going to be somebody. And, and when you're some, and when you have the confidence that you're going to be somebody, then you go and take somebody and look them in the eye and tell them that, Hey, my name is so-and-so. And, you know, um, hopefully one day we can, we can sit down and have a cup of coffee about this, this meeting. But, I wanted I wanted just to introduce myself. So that's the that's the biggest thing. You have to have confidence to go up to people and say, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you 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 definitely have confidence from you from what you said. You know, from your upbringing. Um, but I think a lot of people might not have that same um, confidence in themselves when they're starting out and just getting into this creative world. What advice would you have to them to build on that confidence um, if they didn't naturally have it growing up? Well, I think I think you're a product of your environment. So, like my environment prepared for me for me to be, you know, have this confidence. Um, I grew up around athletes. You know, uh, my my father he was a collegiate director, um, an academic advisor. My first his first like real my first real experience to athletes was him at University of Maryland. They were part of the national championship for Maryland. And Juan Dixon and Steve Blake and all those uh, those guys and Chris Wilcox. So like that was my first kind of colossal moment of saying like, dang, like this is the real dudes that I see on TV. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So yeah, like but, but I had that experience going up a kid like going from uh, uh, Maryland to Clemson to Georgia and come across so many different big time athletes. And, and so many different speakers, even with the banquets and things that you go to, that you naturally become uh, immune to, I guess, people, successful people. Um, I think the biggest advice um, I would say is you have to kind of have these 
what's what's the word? You have to kind of have like these. Um, I can't think of the word, but you got to kind of put yourself. You got to put yourself in, mentally in that place, like this one, that little, those little quiet times that you have at night, and you have these quiet times. You got to actually play your, put yourself into scenarios, and and have these uh, trainings with yourself. Um, to, to if you see LeBron, what would you say? If you see uh, uh, a Beyonce, or if you see you know the most important person in your world they subscribe to. If I saw Barack Obama, what would I say? And so it's like, you know, you you're preparing yourself for for a moment that you're looking to have. You know what? So I think that's the biggest thing. You know, um, just preparation, and and not only in your craft, but preparation how you act, practice preparation and how you approach it. Preparation when you when you see a million dollars, what would you do with those million dollars? What you do with that million dollars? Um, so, you know, I, I think preparation is key in all aspects. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, that's something I never really thought about, but it's something I do with, you know, when shooting uh, sports. I always visualize, you know, what if this play was a touchdown right at me right now? What if there was, you know, the craziest celebration? in front of me right now, like, would I be ready for that shot? Um, and that's a really good point to make about visualizing, like, the people you meet and, like, you know, what if you met so-and-so right now? Like, how would you react? How would you be? Like, I think that's a really good piece of advice for um, people who are still trying to gain confidence in themselves um, so that when they're in those situations, uh, they're ready for the moment. And it's a skill. It's a skill. Like, over time, you're developing you're developing a skill like skill is built through extensive training and preparation doing it rep- like repetition over and over and over and over and over and over again so it's like when you're preparing yourself for that moment you will end up winning those moments if you're preparing yourself like if kevin hart knocked on my door and he said he needed hire like what 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 we're going at hey kevin like i'm a videographer man i i, I want these are the certain things i want to do with my life and you know like I would love to help you, but like as I'm helping you, like yeah, man, like I feel like this is, this is, this is my chance to tell you that you know um, I'm something more than a person that can help you with your tires. You know, it's only you're only a conversation away from your dream. You're only you, you're only a, a a play away from from having the greatest shot ever. You're only. You know, you're only a day away from being successful. So it's like you've got to prepare yourself for that moment. And you're going to have those moments. So it's like, what is your response to that? Yep. Love it. They're straight preaching right there. Um, all right. We're going to get in the calling portion of the podcast. Uh, we had a couple of people in the rooms, but some of them left. So we'll see what happens once we start going with this. Uh, our first call-in is going to be from Noah Ball. Um, he's actually one of my interns. Uh I didn't get a lot of responses for Collins today, so I, I need to call in some help. But first, Collins is going to be from Noah. Noah, what's going on, bro? Yo, can you hear me? Yep, we got you. How's it going? Good, good. going good. Yep. How's, uh, how's, yeah, how are you guys? Doing good, doing good. I got Andre Robinson on the line uh, from the LA Clippers. Uh, why don't you just start off with an intro on you and kind of where you're at right now, and then shoot us with your first question. Yeah, so I actually intern with Let It Fly right now. Uh, work with Billy and Co. Um, I'm also a student at the University of Kansas, and I've done things with Kansas Athletics and most specifically the football team here at KU. Uh, it's basically, I think, my second. It's I'm in the middle of my second year of video, like full time, like trying to go hard on video. So relatively kind of new, but I've gained a lot of experience within the past year. Um, I wasn't actually familiar with your work until Billy tweeted it out and I went through and I looked at some. Uh, So my first kind of question stems from what took you from going like just doing video, like kind of simplest videos to really like taking that next level of like creating your own craft basically in your own kind of style. My own style? Yeah. It's authenticity. Um, I mean, nobody can be me. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I get more into my bag? How can I build everything from inspiration? Everything has to come from inspiration. It can't become. It can't come from like forced 
manufacturer and trying to be something. Like, I'm not Gibson Hasbro. I'm not Billy. Like, I'm not going to try yeah. to be those. Now, they inspire a certain type of thing. Yeah, I take a little nugget and then I go into it. But um, I think I think my biggest my biggest person that I really you know um, try to understand inspiration from is Jay Z. Um, the the Black Album was like my first like real album that I kind of was like, yo, like I really rock with this. You know what I'm saying? Because it was it was so it was so hype about it. I think it was like '05. And people were like, you know, I'm around, this is around a time where I'm getting more into, like, my culture, like, or, or you know, fifth grade, trying to be cool. Like, a, this is around a time, like, the Carter, I want to say the Carter 2 was out, was coming out. So, like, I was getting more into interest of, like, things that I like of entertainment-wise. So, like, every morning I would watch music videos, and I started developing that, that type of eye for this is what I like. You know, so I was watching music videos and one of the popping artists at the time, like I said, was Jay-Z. And Jay-Z put out this whole documentary about the making of the Black Album. And he had a conversation with Pharrell about, you know, um, or he didn't really have a conversation, but he had a voiceover about a segment with he had with Pharrell. And so he was like, Pharrell was playing these beats and these beats and these beats and these beats. And, you know, one of the mantras about one of the, the hidden... I guess miss about Jay Z is he doesn't write and everything is freestyle. So it's like um, Jay was talking about like how everything comes from inspiration. Everything, everything. It could be me looking at this tree right now out my balcony, and I'm like, damn, these these you know these uh, leaves are green. So it's like, how can I make a leaf fall and turn it into money into my lap? And so it's like. You you build it from the things that are around you using the using the things that are around you. I don't know what Kansas has to offer because I've never lived in. But when I came to Kansas, like I know that you know, um, I know that it's the cathedral for college basketball. Like fans were super loud. Like that was like a moment that I was kind of like, damn, like this is something different about Kansas, and they should totally talk about how Kansas is Kansas Rock Chalk Jayhawks type of energy is so different than any other and it cannot be duplicated it's only in Kansas and it's own and that's what you got to have this mentality with yourself is that I'm the dopest person in the world and only the only dopeness that is come from is going to come from me nobody else is going to create it nobody else is going to make me dope I only can make myself dope so um you just build from those inspirations the things that you see the things that you hear the things that you like the food that you taste Everything, like everything should be a, the universe has given you such a, a platform and such so many instruments and, and equipment that you could just grab a hold of it and, and take that energy and make something dope. So um, I would say authenticity is the biggest key to, to my style. Cool. What, uh, how has, I saw previously you worked with some other teams like what, Ohio State, right? And some other football places right before you land with the Clippers mm -hmm. uh what what have you learned from going from team to team and how teams uh often like help you create the content and like what the difference is and kind of like your mindset of like from switching from teams and what that adjustment is like and kind of that process of I'm creating videos with this team they may operate a little bit differently and kind of balancing your style and then also you're working for a, a team that ultimately has the the hierarchy and saying like this goes this doesn't go so like you know everybody's culture is different you know and and your process is your process and your authenticity is your authenticity like i don't think i think i think there's some buying factors definitely like buying into whoever you're working for you know i'm a firm believer your best job is the current job that you have but i'm a firm believer of this right here is that your job is not to find your last opportunity at your next opportunity. What I mean by that is like, I'm not looking for Clemson in Ohio State, but I can take parts of Clemson that I enjoy and bring it to Ohio State, you know? And, and if that may, doesn't make sense, it's like, you're not trying to look for, you're not trying to look for home everywhere. Your job is to make home wherever you're around. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's your ability to adapt. You have to adapt to whatever event or whatever 
situation you, you go with. If it's three more steps for you to get somewhere, then the last place it was only one step, then you just got to have to adapt. You're in it. You're, I mean, you, you can have a decision. You can either quit or you keep, you know, going. So it's like, you got to make it work. You got to make, you got to figure out how can I make this process work for me? And, um, and just, and, and once you master that process, then you can simplify that process. Hey guys, I've been doing it this way, this way, this way, this way. And I've proven that I can do it this way, this way, this way. Now let's try this way. Let's just eliminate steps two and three. Let's just make this one step. Now that we have built trust, because you have to just ultimately build trust to make change. So once you build trust of saying, I've been doing it this process and we can simplify it, then I mean, just let it be that, let it be that process. So, and I think one, one other question, when you landed that first big gig, like when you landed that first, like I'm the blank of this big team, or I don't know what your previous position was. I, I just seemed like some either video producer, video editor, or content creator. Like when you landed that with that first big team, what was that, uh, what was that moment like? Just, I, I just kind of want to hear your uh, perspective on that. So my big moment, um, my big moment was my first gig out of college. And, um, I mean, that was just a long road. Uh, I dropped out of school, take this, take this gig. And, um, it basically was just a, a goal that I had. Um, I had a conversation with my, uh, my mentor at the time and I was like, yo, like I'm like this school, the school stuff ain't for me, uh, for my focus right now. I can't, I don't value it the same way that I do value putting in time to learn how to video do all that stuff. Um, and so I said, in seven months, I have seven months to find me a job. I think I got a job in three months. And so that moment was a big moment because I felt like I mastered, mastered all the odds that were against me. You know what I'm saying? Like I was going through a lot of personal stuff at the time. So once I got the job, like I, 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 I came home, I was happy, you know, hmm. like I was home, I was happy. I came home, like I came, I drove home. Uh, that moment was pretty dope for me. Uh, Coach Sweeney gave me a big hug. He was like, I'm proud of you and everything like that. Like, so um, it was, it was a dope moment. Now, after that moment, I have to tell you this, I failed. I was so high off of that moment. I was so high of being climbing that mountain that everything else fell. So I wouldn't say make, I wouldn't say make the goal is to get the job. The goal is for you to keep going is to find the next level, find the next level, find the next level, find the next level. What I did was I got to one level and I was satisfied and I became an alligator. So the best way to kill an alligator is to, is to feed it. So I was an alligator. I was full. I was. I got a paycheck. I felt like I didn't have to put in the work anymore because <clears throat> my I was living comfortably in an apartment and everything like that. Like I'm having money and stuff like this. My first time ever having money. I didn't know how to work for it, or I didn't know what it means to have money, and I was just content. And I failed at that job. I mean, I was just terrible. Like, like everything about that job that I did was terrible. And so when Ohio State came through, that was like a different motivation. I was like, I'm going to prove everything that I just did and my, my effort was going to be put into this job. And I just laser focused and, and just became a monster and became hungry to, to prove to myself that uh, I really want this. So I did have to put, I know I went to a second part of that question, but I did have, yeah. I did have to mention that I did fail. Once, once, once I was trying to get that moment that you were trying to talk about. Yeah, uh, I, I actually really appreciate that answer. That that kind of is similar in line, I think, with where I've kind of been, uh, knowing like you get somewhere and then feeling like you kind of tamper off a little bit and like lose that that motivation a little bit. My last question would be, uh, what, uh, how would you compare your, yourself from then, like you're starting to where you're at now, and what would be the biggest difference? Uh, not in just your knowledge of what you've learned, but like the key difference of like, 
what you were, what just you're doing differently now to when you, you were starting then? You know, it's cliche to say like, you know, boy, if I would have known what I've known now and told myself back then, but everyone told me, everyone told me, like everyone told me like the, the same things that I'm preaching to you guys, I'm preaching to myself or preaching to anybody that I come in contact. Someone has told me that multiple times, but I just wasn't listening. I just wasn't. So it's like, I think the difference is you have to be in an uncomfortable environment for you to listen. Like, I really, I really feel like you have to be in an uncomfortable environment. If you feel like you're comfortable in your, in your routine and everything, you will never listen. And you're just like, oh, I'm good here. You know, mm-hmm. you have to kind of live on that edge. You really do. You really do. You, you're going to have to see something that you want so bad or be exposed to something that you want so bad. And you'll be like, why can I not have that? Or why is my life not being like that? You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to be pissed off at your reality. Like, that, that's simple as what it is. You know, you have, you're, you have to put things in, in on a paper, too. Because you can you can be happy and stuff. You could be like at Nike and be like, yeah, I'm happy, man. I'm, I'm an intern at Nike. But your reality is, intern don't be so comfortable at the place that you are but your position like like i'm i get pissed when i have to tell people i'm a cameraman i'm not a cameraman yeah. i don't ever want to be on camera i never had this idea that i want to be a cameraman I'm not, i get pissed when i'm when i have to tell people i'm a producer no i want to be a ceo i want to be my own boss period i don't want to answer to nobody and so if but I had to see what that looks like and I had to be exposed to that to, in order for me to feel this way or that feel that hunger, you know? No, that's great. I love that. That uh I that's that's some great advice for everyone out there. <laughs> yeah, that those were some uh great, you know, questions and answers. I stayed out of it because no, you're my intern. You could ask me questions anytime. So I let Andre yeah. take care of all of that. But yeah, uh, thanks Noah for coming on and calling in and asking those questions. Of course. I appreciate it, Andre. That was, uh, that was some good advice, man. That was, that was some real good stuff. I haven't heard that from really anyone else. I think you brought in a real unique perspective. Mm-hmm. So appreciate that. All right. Catch you later, Noah. Have a good one. Well, I apologize for asking you what your official position was earlier <laughs> when you said yeah. to do. <laughs> it's part of the grind. It's like yeah. it's like it's like anything, you know, like you know, anything you're you're connected to. You don't want to. You got to get sick and tired of losing. Like you got to be sick and tired of losing, or you got to be sick and tired of being complacent. And I don't, I don't. I think it took if if I didn't have the exposure that I had was exposed to, or been in an uncomfortable position that I you know, had, um, I think it was Bleacher Report put that out one day to some of Michael Jordan, like about failing. It's like, you have to have some type of failure for success. Mm-hmm. Because if there was no failure, you're just going to be comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I think a lot of people might get that first failure and they might, you know, stop and quit. Um, what, what advice do you have in terms of getting past that point? Like, how do you mentally prepare yourself to keep pushing, keep going, even though you fail, like what, what do you say to those that are thinking about quitting just because they had that first failure? You gotta, you gotta look at yourself in the mirror for that one. That's the, that's the biggest thing because, um, at the end of the day, you're going to live, you're going to go to the grave with yourself. And, um, I mean, not, not to be, not to be crazy, but you know, everyone likes these rap songs and everyone's liking like this whole culture, but are you really listening to the words? Are you really paying attention to what these people are saying? Like you, you've seen it so many times, like 50 cents, get rich or die trying. I don't think people understand that die trying. part. (laughs) 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 Yeah. You you think about it. You like get rich. Yeah. Get rich, get rich, get rich. But nobody talks about like that pursuit. Like that pursuit of like, I'm not accepting no for an answer for me to get rich. Like I, I'm not. Like everything in my power, everything in my element, every ele- every atom in my body wants this. Mm-hmm. And if if I cannot have it, I'm going to die trying. Yep, you gotta and want so, it. Like you got to want it, and and that's a good question. Is like. 
how, how um, I want to talk about this, this guy, uh, Tim Kite, right? So he, I met Tim Kite at uh, Ohio State, and Tim Kite talked about the edge. And so the edge is, is that place between where you where you are now and what is possible. And at that edge, it's like a marker that says, that has to require an answer. Do you want it or do you not want it? It's, it's, it's really, do you want it or do you not want it? It's like, are you going to have the fortitude or the mental will or even the strength to continue going or are you going to lay down? And if you lay down, that's going to be pain. Pain is temporary now. Pain is temporary. But if you, you know what I'm saying? And and like like most people in you probably heard it, pain is temporary. But if you quit, you will last forever. So you got to, you got to, that pain part, man. I'm, I'm telling you, like that failure is pain. Like that real depressive state where you're laying on your back and you're like, what am I going to do now? When, when people are getting laid off and people are like really fighting for the opportunities and they get told no, I think you put up a document that said no, 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 no. And then a few of them was yes. Like your, your response was like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going because one day, one day it's going to connect. One day yep. this, my, my, how I think about myself is going to connect. I may not be there, but if I get better every day and want it more every day, because you're putting in a lot of time to fill in those, those applications. So at, at some point, you're going to keep putting Billy, 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 Billy. And at the 10th time you get to me, I'm like, I'm getting pissed off that I'm writing my name and someone saying no to my name. That can't happen. You're getting, that can't happen at all. Because now, you, so it's like, when is that yes going to come? Like, and so you're fighting for that yes. You don't want to but. You want to fight for that. You want to eliminate that but. So it's like you want to fight for that yes. So it's like that. When I talk about that edge, it's like the difference between being elite and average, or the difference between between being good and elite. It's like, what? Where can I go from here? Like, if I'm told no, I'm getting in the lab. If I, if I get rejected, I'm getting in the lab because I, you know, like a, a you're only going to get better shooting free throws if you keep shooting more free throws. Mm-hmm. If you stop shooting free throws, you're going to you're you're either going to get better or worse. So it's like you have to keep shooting, you have to keep uh, uh, going for it, you have to keep trying. Yeah, that reminds me a lot of uh, when I was applying for positions out out of college. I was a senior at University of Arkansas. Um, I tweet, I've tweeted this before. I don't know if you've see, seen it, but I put a screenshot of my Excel document of all the places I applied to, and you mm-hmm. know, next to it, it was if they contacted me or if they denied me or, did, you know, if they ghosted yeah, me. That's what I mentioned. That's yeah, what I mentioned. yeah. Um, that's what I mentioned. Same thing that you – I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. So same thing that when I was saying, you put, put in your name, Billy, 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 Billy. You kept right. There was a lot of applications, and – you know, it's like I think I think it's so I think it's so important to develop that that ability to be told to to eliminate being no. Like if you play Madden, you can't play on easy no more. You, life ain't on easy. Life, life is on all Madden. Once you master all Madden, you gotta play. You gotta play uh, online. So it's like you got everything has to be to the hardest degree because once you master hard, life will be easy. It's like like Ohio State practice is like Kansas City practice, like anywhere. Practice should be the hard. It should be ten times harder than the game. Yep. Because Kobe even said that. Like I practice so hard because when the game comes, it's so easy. That's so true. You gotta you gotta put in the work behind the scenes if you want to make it out into the spotlight. Um, that uh, you you said something earlier that I I did not know. You didn't finish school. No, I didn't finish school. That's so crazy. That was like an- that's another chip that I like. I have it's yeah. like that. I feel like you know I can't I can't play around with it. I don't I don't. I gave up. You know what I'm saying? I gave up what others say that I needed, and I'm saying like I don't need that. I need myself, and I need to focus on what I what I can do. Yeah. And so um, I, I freaking love that about you. I didn't know that about you, and I think that's a really important thing that people know about you because. Um, I think a lot of people think they need to go to college and finish college and go to grad school and, you know, get the degree. And that will be the reason that they get to the next spot, which, you know, sometimes it is a lot of times it is, but it doesn't, if 
you're in a situation where that doesn't become your reality, it's not the end of the world. Like you can you can make it through. I think it, I think it's a. I mean, people hold things to a different standard, and I'm not going to impose people to a different standard. But I think I think my biggest uh, thing about college, and I feel like I needed college. I needed college. I'm not going to sit there and say I didn't need college. I needed college. I need to be in that environment. I need to be in that environment. I needed to be in that that uncomfortability place where it's like, like what what am I going to do? You know, like what I had to be in the social environment where where being successful was cool. Like when I was in high school, being successful wasn't cool. It wasn't. It was like you were you were nerd or you weren't like. My thing was like my school was get a scholarship and that's it. Like get a football scholarship. Like it was all about who had the football scholarship, who got who got the letters, who got the offers. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was like at a different standard. Like, you know, that's and, and so you you got to kind of make you got to put yourself in that uncomfortable environment, and you know, like you got to fail. Like I really like I feel like college to me was a failure. Like college for me was a failure. I had professors. Well, I'm, I'm I, I haven't talked to her in a while, but like she. Tell me out of class, <laughs> but still, like, yo, you were one of the smartest kids. You were one of the best kids. Like, you and like, she failed me. <laughs> like, she failed me. And every time I sit, and every time I talk to her, I'm like, you failed me. Like, you the you the reason why I dropped out. <laughs> you failed me. And she'll tell you it's because you didn't come to class. Well, I wasn't in class because I was making dope shit. <laughs> I wasn't turning in ten papers and and missed. You know, and every, you know, I wasn't turning ten papers. I was making ten videos. Like, <laughs> ten videos added up to, to my bank account. That's yeah. how I saw it. But it was like, I mean, but like I said, uh, I don't. I, I'm not imposing. I, it would be irresponsible for me to sit there and say that uh, you don't need school. I need a school. Yeah. Like I need a school. I need to be in that environment. And and if you get a degree, like like that's so awesome. You finish. You finish the job. You did something that most men, most people. Uh, 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 met the challenge to it and you should be proud of that and, and that should be something that you should strive for you know you always should strive for the win you know and that and that's and I, I would say that if I would if I could go back and do it over again I would have I would have I would have went for the win uh, and the win is getting that degree but um, I'm, I'm glad I had to learn my lessons the way I learned my lessons when you know growing up in high school what was there any you know any signs that you were going to be a content creator or video producer or, you know, making content? What, what were you like as a kid? All right. So the first, it, it, I mean, it, it's a, you don't see it. You, you think it's something else. That's the, that's another thing. It's like, you don't see it originally, but you think it's something else. So it was like, everything was based off of athletics. Like, I used to get the Athlon sports books. I used to get the Athlon magazines. I used to get Sports Illustrated. And I would just look through pictures. Look through pictures. I never read none of the articles. I would just look through pictures. Look through pictures. So I would watch College Game Day. And College Game Day was not more so like about like what they were talking about, but more so I would like to list, watch the stories. I'll keep watching the stories. Like I said, 106 in part, I would just watch the music videos. I like the songs, but I would just watch the music videos. Like it was just entertaining to me. Um, when I was at my, my stepmom always liked to reflect on this moment. So I couldn't dunk for a while. Um, I couldn't dunk. So Same here. <laughs> so she, so she, she had a camera, right? And she would take photos of the camera. And I was never interested in like taking photos. So I never played with it. So I asked her to take a picture of me uh, dunking on a, I want to say a eight foot rim, right? Mm-hmm. And this was like eighth grade. So I asked her to take a picture of me dunking on eight foot rim. So she took the picture and I had a, a laptop from this school that I was going to. And um, and I, I think I was making a PowerPoint a couple weeks prior to it. So I learned how to kind of like, cut people out a little bit. So I tried to make it I tried to make it look like I was dunking on a ten foot rim so I like I creased it. 
So like I took a picture of it. So I had to take a picture of a ten foot rim, and I had to take a picture of me dunking on an eight. And so like I just cut myself out and I put it next to the ten foot rim. And so she said at that moment I kind of knew you were more creative. I still then. And then so I had to tell that story to get to this different story. Um, so I just started realizing like I wasn't athletically uh, going to go anywhere. So uh, there was this place in our high school. A special place. It was a club called the Odyssey Club. It was a journalism club. So the journalism club, they would they would come around, and I don't. Some reason, I think my freshman year or sophomore year, they had this girl that I liked, and she was a part of the Odyssey Club. So like, like she would come around lunch tables and stuff, like passing out the magazines and stuff. And so I, you know, what I'm saying like I only, you know, I'm, she got my attention and stuff like that. So like I would like try to like be all like. You know, flirtatious with her. Like, oh, okay, which article you read? Woo, the woo, you wrote. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, I started collecting the magazines and just started looking at them, and they'll be in my locker and stuff. And so, like, I'll just look at the pictures and stuff like that, and they start taking pictures of our games and stuff. So, I would look for pictures of me in the magazine. Uh, like, okay, there, there I go. Like, there I go right there, like, in the magazine. And so, I think I, I think initially I got pissed off because I wasn't getting I wasn't getting pictures of me in a magazine mm-hmm. so and this was like going towards my senior year and uh, I don't know I just I just hit up the guy's name Ragdoll I talked to him like every month like I talked like that's my dog that's my favorite teacher in the world Mr. Ragdale. so uh, Mr. Ragdale, uh, um, he took an interview for me he was like yo I'm gonna be real with you never had a football player on staff. It's just football doesn't really go with what we got going on. So I need to know, is this just something you want to do for for real or is just something you're just doing? And so I had to look in his eye. I was like, I really want to do it. I really want the job. And then from that day forward, like, I was terrible at writing. I'm still terrible at writing. My grammar is terrible. But, like, my editing sessions were like surgery. So... <laughs> 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 my editing sessions was surgery but like uh, um, like my all my ideas and I ended up you know getting better and I got some awards from it but like I feel like those awards and those those uh, accomplishments sparked like the idea that I could be something journalistically still didn't like writing so I just thought like maybe you know I figure out this video stuff and then uh, oh in that same high school, I made a, I made a music video that kind of went viral for like a little bit. So not in the world, but like around the yeah. school. But yeah, so like, so we made a music video uh, and, and got everybody who we wanted to make it lit for, for our high school. Uh, yeah, that was another moment. <laughs> That's awesome. What was, what do you think the biggest lesson you learned that you still use today is during those high school days? like your first time, you know, editing, being a surgeon, like what was, what's something big that stood out to you that you, you think you brought to you, to you now at the Clippers? So something I've, I've learned back then, um, I keep it with me all the way through. Mm-hmm. If, if there's something. Yeah, there is something on um, the static. The static is a big, is a big aspect of like my video. Like I, I know Ohio State adopted it. And they they could adopt it, but like uh, the static man, like I I always felt static because I felt like I felt like um, there's like a moment where it's like you watch TV so long and then you accidentally lean out, you you know you hear the in the arms of an angel type of song that comes on and you and you press the remote but you're so sleepy that you get it and the static just comes on and so like a lot of nights I reflect on like. I, I wake up in the in and I would see like the TV with the static and just static mm-hmm. that that also like the static is like a disruption into the program. I felt like for my life I needed a disruption into what the program that was going on. I needed disruption in what how much how everyone viewed at me. Like I needed disruption. Like I needed a, a place uh a saying like, I don't know what you watching or thought you was watching, but you about to watch this. And so uh, the static has always felt has always been brought along since my time since my first video. I had static then, 
Like, bring in static now. So like the TV static, the white noise static. Yeah. That's always that's always been an element that that I always felt like we still rock. We still rocking out with it. Like this is me. Like I don't like that. I want your attention. Like I want I want you to understand how I feel about this. Not that's the awesome. glitch. I'm not using it with the glitch. <laughs> I'm talking about glitch. I'm just, talking about just like static. Just a static that that. I actually remember one of your tweets. Uh, you, I think you tweeted some static and you you mentioned what it feels like when your leg falls asleep. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, okay, that was Andre back then. What about Andre right now? What's your, you know, what's your next five years looking like? What's your current goals, short term or long term? I can't tell you that. <laughs> Top secret. I can't tell you that top secret. I write it down. I pray about it. I want it. I, I grind it for it. I'm literally like preparing my mind mentally, emotionally, physically for for what's about to happen in my life. Um, I, I just I, you know, I, I it's it's going to happen. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to happen. Yep. So I'm gonna make it for sure. And, um, it's crazy, and that's why I don't feel like I want to say it. No, nah, you're good. Crazy. For sure. So, Can you, can you tell me like, a little bit more about what you're doing to prepare for it? Like, you don't have to tell me what it is, but what's some... You, you reach, like, the, the best way to prepare for it is, um, is putting yourself in the fire. You got to put yourself in the fire. You got you to immerse yourself uh, into that difficulty. Like, you, you never, you can't see what you can't hit. So you gotta you gotta get close enough where you can see it, and so uh, that's my thing. Like I've been trying to train my mind mentally, um, whether it's reading. I'm not a I'm not the best reader, but um, like whether it's audio books or you know listening to uh, different speakers or um, uh, practicing certain skills, uh, just trying to get on to shoot. And get on to and getting meetings and and um and just and and just shutting up. Like I don't even want to talk. Like I don't want to talk. Like I want to just be a fly on the wall. Like I want to see how the big dogs walk. I want to see how the big dogs eat. Like I want to just be a fly on the wall. I don't even want to bark. Like I just, I'll be ready to bark when I'm ready to bark. But I just want to be. I want to be. Uh, I want to see how. Uh, how these people uh, 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 walk, talk, think. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm right now. I'm just trying to get my mind to be as big as the biggest sponge possible. Um, put myself into positions where I'm just being groomed for the position that I, I, I need to be in. Um, uh, you, you gotta, you gotta aggressively want to be groomed too. It's like you gotta have, you gotta have something to, to come to the table. Like, look. This is what I'm doing. I'm doing it at a high level, but I want to know what how you're doing, what you're doing, and I want to. I want to be. I want to be something. I want to be something better than I was today. So how can how can I learn from you how to be there? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the biggest thing, man. Like you really, there's so much information in this world. And this thing, like I said before, you're just a conversation away. You're really a conversation away, and 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 I and I gotta be responsible when I say that about a conversation away. Like, don't just come up to people and be like, "Yo, man, like I'm, I can do this, 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 this." It's not that, not that at all. It's building a relationship. It's building genuine understanding because you you gotta you gotta be a you gotta look at yourself as a seed. You gotta be planted first before you can blossom. You can't just throw you can't just throw a seed into into the ground and just expect it to 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 bloom. Like you gotta be willing to be planted. So be a seed, be willing to be planted. Put put yourself into an environment where you can grow and then let people water you, water you, water you, water you, water you. And you don't know if you're or like a tree, you don't know if you just a plant, you don't know if you're a flower. But if you keep letting people water you, water you, water you, you could be a bamboo tree. And bamboo trees don't come out to the ground for five years, and once they out of the ground, they 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 sky high. Oh, they're skyscrapers. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's really good advice. Um, let's talk a little bit about your kind of workflow um, in terms of game day and equipment. Well, what type of camera do you use now and um, what's your outlook in terms of just equipment that you like to use? Equipment I like to use is equipment that I know how to use. Um, that's the best way to explain that. Um, I, you know, you, you could, if I knew how to use an Ari, I would love to use an Ari. If I, I know how to use a RED, I would love to use a RED. I know how to use an FS7, I'd love to use an FS7. So it's like, whatever the camera you have and you know how to use, it's the best camera for you. Um, on, on a typical game day setup, you know, you just make sure you got, you know, what everyone knows is the batteries and all that stuff. But I, I, I'm not going to get into that, that the cliche of what everyone knows. I want to, I want to talk about like what we were talking about, um, is about preparation mentally and how do I execute that preparation? If I know they're coming out the same tunnel every time, what is a different way to, to, to get that shot? If I know, for you, if Patrick Mahomes is going to do his run out by himself and he's going to do the pointing up at the sky, like, what does that look like if I, I know it's illegal, but like, what does that look like if I had a drone, like, over him? Like, what does that look like if I had shot it a little differently? Like, with a different lens? Like, so it's like you got to understand what you want picture-wise and then put that into your execution. Um, uh, even even understanding how the system works, I, I think it was a Chiefs play. I don't know if it was from you, but it was a Chiefs play where um, someone scored and came um, up, and it was perfect that the uh, fireworks was coming out in the background. So it's like you got to understand like how everything works around you, like mm-hmm. what's going on, like fireworks, what position I need to expose the fireworks from the player, flyers. If a flyover is open. Like, what player is going to give me that good look or that good energy that I can match with that flyover? Like, then you got to think about your camera movements. And I'm getting into the business, Robin. I know it's audio, but, like, it's a boom, boom. You click here, move here. Like, you're getting all this stuff because you're trying to execute what you think is the best shot. Like, you have ideas. You should know what you should know where shots you want fire to come into the game. You should know that. Yep. And there's no way to control that. You can't control if. But you can, only you can do is just put yourself in a position to capture it. If you don't put yourself in a position to capture it, then you never will do it. It's like you, you, um, it's like you know you gotta you gotta know you gotta know your personnel. Like you gotta really study your personnel. If you're shooting a game that you've never shot before, you kind of gotta look at like certain people's highlights, like and and, and and break it down. Like you gotta break down film. You gotta figure out like okay. I'm watching film, I'm watching film, I'm watching film. So uh, you got to kind of, I know it's crazy to think about this, but you have to kind of break it down on the mental level. Is like, if I know the Chiefs always, if I keep seeing Chiefs highlights, I see Chiefs highlights, Chiefs highlights, Chiefs highlights. Why don't I look at Chiefs film to figure out, do they score more on on the left or the right side? So if I'm filming this Chiefs game, then I need to be on the left side because, they will most likely score over there. And then that allows me to be in position to take a shot. Or if I know that they always throw the ball for plus they they have twenty touchdowns for that's a lot of touchdowns, but they have fifteen touchdowns or ten touchdowns for plays over two hundred over twenty yards or thirty yards, then that tells me that I need to be in a spot that I can capture a shot if it comes towards me and I'm not and they're not going past me and I'm not getting those forward shots. Um also it's like you gotta you gotta know uh certain people's celebration. Mm-hmm. You know, like if 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 uh you know I'm I'm watching a game or or you know something and I know like LeBron every time he dunks he's gonna he's gonna yell after it. And I know that he yells from the opposite side of where he's dunking. So he does a continuous dunk. He lets his moment, momentum travel. And I need to know that, okay, like, I'm a, instead of pulling off somewhere, I can follow LeBron. Or, for my perspective as a Clipper, 
if a big play happens and Trez does something, I need to be in a position because Bomber is going to be out of his freaking mind so I can pan to Bomber and get the reaction shot that a Bomber going crazy. So it's like you got to kind of know your personnel. You got to know what's happening. You got to got to kind of study film. You have to do your homework. You have to do your homework. You have to do your homework. Like, you really, really have to do your homework. Like, I'm talking about, like, literally breaking down film when you have an assignment. Like, especially games. Like, like I know that that they, they score more from the left side of the floor three-point-wise, so I need to be in a position to capture that the way I wanted to capture it. So that may be me being on the opposite side or that may be me being closer to them right there. But I have to be able to factor in where the ref is. I have to be able to factor in, um, you know, uh, ball travel, the play, like how how the defense is probably going to, how the defense is probably going to play them. And I may see that from a previous game or their previous game. So you really got to kind of, I know it's really, really, really outrageous to think that way but you kind of gotta you gotta have a feel for it i don't think you have to be an ex- expert at it but you have to have a feel for it yeah for sure uh definitely much easier for me to film a chiefs game than a game without the chiefs since that's all i do is film <laughs> chiefs games but i did have to film a couple non-chiefs games last season um when back when pre-covid i was traveling and those were the games that i basically you know, I I didn't have my normal routine because these are different teams, yep. different athletes, and I was I was just running and gunning, spraying and praying. That's my motto when shooting. <laughs> and then and then spraying and praying to that center the fine, you gotta kinda find those moments. Like you gotta kinda you kinda gotta judge the game. You can't just be you can't just be, you know, uh you gotta see your production through that lens. You gotta see it through your lens, man. Like you gotta really I don't think I don't think you should come out of I don't think you should come out of the game. I, I think it's a weird feeling. This is a good question for you too. Is like after you're done shooting, do you feel like you got all you need? Um, most games, yeah. Uh, I don't. You don't for the Clippers? No, anything. I'm like, yeah. I, I just don't. Like I, I got everything like I need. Like, I don't feel that way. And then sometimes I look back and I'm like, okay, this is a good shoot. But I don't feel like I got I got everything I need. Though. Yeah, it's it's weird. So I think most of the times I there's some moments that I regret. Like, man, I wish I was in this spot versus that spot If I when I think back about a game. But honestly, after a game, I'm not really thinking about what I missed or I'm just thinking about what I have um, for the edit that night. Uh, just because my my turnaround's so quick, and I don't really have to worry about you know covering both sides of the field because I have Diego as well as an LCC, um, so we we kind of split the field fifty fifty. And if he gets something good, he'll he'll transfer it to my drive before we leave. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's definitely moments after the games where I just kind of regret being in a certain spot if I missed if I missed some things. Most of most I think ninety nine percent of the of the shots I get, I'm in the right position. I'm good. But every now and then there's like that one thing, one shot, like, man, I wish I could go back and um think about it. But I know in my head that there's still six more games in the season and I could mark that in my um notes and just go back and make sure I get it the next time, which is the nice thing about shooting for, for a single team for the entire season. Yeah, so also you uh also you 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 brought in a good point. You have help. Um so a lot of people don't they don't have the ability to get help or, you know I'm I'm speaking for like a high school level. Yeah. You know, or college. You know, you have the milk. You can always rely on the milk. So uh but yeah if you like if you'd like one man banning it. Yeah, you're definitely gonna be thinking about like, oh damn, like I wish I, I wish I would have got that. But yeah, you you do that after the fact that you you were finished with your edit, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got only a couple more questions and then a few last things. I don't think we have any more Collins. I don't know why they all left, but um, that's all right. I'll just close it out. Um, what about? I really love. I think the favorite part about your creative is your editing. 
your sound design, your effects, your visuals. What is your mindset when you're in the zone editing? What are some key points you're trying to remember or think about or whatever as you're going through an edit? Is it lit? <laughs> is it lit? That's all you need. That's a great, that's a good point. I think, I mean, yeah, you you should, I mean, but that dates back to kind of your process of editing. I mean, that the first the first thing I want to do with editing is label my sound. So I, I do my sound, like I do, I do the whole storyline because I want to make sure the story aspect is complete first and then I build it and then I make it, I, I try to make it look, you know, from there. So, uh, yeah. What are, who are three creatives that, you know, aspiring creatives should follow on Twitter or Instagram? Who are three people you think people should follow? Yeah, so I'm 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 trying to get you to sleepers. The yeah. ones that ain't yeah. hit me with three sleepers. Hit me with three people I don't know. Number one, I'm going with my guy out of UGA. I don't know if he's still at UGA, but Frank Martin. I'm going with my guy at the Rams. Fan, and uh, Stan Darvis, uh, Duffy. He's uh at the Rams, and then number three, I'm going Dalton Conrad. Um, is a sleeper. And then uh, he, well, Dalton is at UCF. He's been making dope content for a while. He was at uh, he was at Iowa, and um, those are my three for right now. I love I it. Come up. Yeah, you're good. Follow those three people if you're listening to the podcast now. All right, last, very last thing, Andre. Um, you know, you mentioned your three sleepers. Just in case, oh, Jacob Brown. Who? Jacob Brown. Jacob Brown. Yep. USC, let's Jacob go. Brown, definitely sleeper. Big sleeper. Big Jacob sleeper. Brown. All right. I love it. All right. Final, last and final thing, Andre. Uh, you've been mentioning your sleepers. You gave me your list. Um, last thing I want you to do is just mention your Twitter and Instagram so people can follow you if they're not already. And then one last piece of advice for that up and coming content creator or high schooler or college student, whatever. You know, they want to do what we do. What's your one last piece of advice for that? But first, plug yourself. All right. You already know it's your boy, Andre Robinson. The dude, they got the shot on Monday, made the edit on Tuesday, flipped it on Wednesday. It got retweeted on Thursday. And so Thursday on Saturday to bring everybody to the party on Sunday so we could do it again on Monday. Underscore Andre Robinson. Yeah, and the last piece of advice, bet on yourself. All all the tips on yourself. Yo, and that's straight facts from the man himself, Andre Robinson. You walk up to that table, you hand in all your money, and you put all the chips on the circle that says you. Bet on yourself. Go all in on you, and that's all you need. It doesn't matter if there's a setback, if there's a failure, if there's negativity, it doesn't matter. You just gotta keep going and push through all of that because ultimately, in the end, it's you versus everyone else. Thank you so much, Andre, for getting on the show and talking your talk. I apologize for not having more call-ins. Thank you, Noah, for calling in and being the only one. If you want to call in in a future episode, please DM me and we'll get it set up. Ideally, there's more call-ins and more knowledge being spread, but we got through it today, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. My name is Billy Quatch. I'll see you on the next one. Deuces.